Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thanks for joining us today for episode seven of Hunt the World. I'm Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors, and we are going to be talking about today the ultimate guide to gear, and uh, we have the ultimate guide to gear because we have Brian Martin sitting here to my left. Man, was there a lot of buzz around the last one, episode six. It had everything you wanted for the intro to that uh, ultimate guide to your gear. And I'm telling you, it really was. If you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to it because we did get a lot of buzz out of it. And then across the table is Brad, the big Brad R. Dana. And uh, we're going to be going through today number part two of this as episode seven so we appreciate you listening in i think we left off at the end of footwear and blisters because i think you were making your point that even though uh, you put some of that stuff on your hot spots you should wrap it with tape and uh, i am a foot baby i just want you to know i have really sensitive feet a lot of us are yeah i am too are you seriously I, my, my feet are super sensitive like my kids barefoot, growing up barefoot in the mm-hmm. gravel no, no go no go not me either my wife my boys no. actually noah he can run around no problem on the gravel i'm like oh i hate that lucas me high arch super sensitive feet i got feet like toe uh like fingers toes Didn't like you run fingers. across hot coals or something one time yeah that was some stupid thing you did <laughs> and i didn't do it because it was dumb <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, anyway, I, I, I refused. I can be a real pinhead sometimes. <laughs> I'm such story, a, I'm, I'm such a dinker. Who the heck uh, would I, run across hot coals in the barefoot? Uh, it's anyway. We we well that'd be for an episode of stupid we've done. Anyway, so and he didn't beat me. I stopped myself. All right, but he has. If you heard me, like there's the word missing. Yeah, I have been known to use bad words. My mom and her wooden spoon, and Brian Leslie and his soft sound outs so anyway um but let's i've digressed <laughs> because well, it, of brad it, it's good that you actually brought up the footwear because there's uh, two things that we missed on the footwear that are super critical <laughs> of course we did let's go we can no. do we can do episode eight part three <laughs> of the ultimate guide to gear by brian martin yeah but but the reason the blister bands are super key like brian said and but the reason you tape over them with athletic tape is Depending on the kind you have, a lot of them gum up and will get in your sock. And and and, and de- there are some that won't as much. Even moleskin will come off. So uh, and it gives you two layers of blister protection. I don't put one layer of athletic tape. I put two or three actually, and I make them sure they're way longer than the the the, the area that you're trying to tape. I mean, like inches on each side. If it's really short piece, they'll come off every time. Even sometimes I used to tape my foot for plantar fasciitis and ankle support, and I could make a blister wrap planet fasciitis wrap everything take a half a roll per foot and if like brad was just talking about a goat hunt he went on last year and he took off running up the hill they got excited and he had one foot taped and the other one wasn't hurting him yet and he hadn't taped it and then a third the way up the hill or a quarter of the way up the hill they stopped and taped his foot 
And I, same thing with me. If I got a new pair of boots, especially, and I know what my feet can can or can't handle, I'll tape my instep. Because when you have the only downside about custom orthotics is that you will get some pressure on the inside of your foot, foot and the bottom, you know, um, because because what it's doing is it's taking the weight off of your your arch but putting weight on your arch at the same time so your foot doesn't flatten out. And what it does, you'll get blisters there when you side hill, and then you'll get blisters on the back of your heels when you go straight up Ooh. the mountain. Th those, to so me, you tape those, the mole skin's terrible on those. Well, you pre-tape before you go. Like, you know right. you know what your foot does. I know, and I have a certain kind of Heel boot, blisters. And I know I got a hard mm -hmm. hunt, especially with the hot weather. I'm just going to tape my foot, and I, I'll, leave the, I'll leave. If I tape it right, I can leave it on for three to four days, and then you cut it off. And that's where it's nice to have those little Leatherman tool with mini scissors or something, because I've had it so hard, it's hard to get off. And you want to, you have to use your knife, and that's not safe to use on your foot with a knife. I've done it, but I've had it where it's hard to get off if you um, leave it on for too long, especially if I wrap my foot like I do. It's hard to tape them like that. I spent a lot of years learning how to do it, but with the new, like the new Kenneth Trek boots, where I wear the La Sportiva Spantic boots, was a double boot, uh, synthetic but double boot. I don't have to tape my ankles. But before that, ankle braces don't work. Um, because they're too much, they work in a basketball shoe, but not in a hunting shoe because you'll get too much pressure on the bottom of your foot, right where your arch is, and it causes a lot of grief. So the other thing, we haven't talked about stream crossing. We talked about how to fix your boot if you, and, and, and put waterproof socks on if you jump a stream and you miss and you fall in. So instead of trying to run across and hurt yourself, either take your boots off and put on a stream. I used to actually just wear Nike Aqua socks. Those new five finger shoes, I got some probably five, six years ago. On the bottom, they look like siping. And those are awesome. Actually, if I'm going to go where I'm going to have to walk in water a lot, and I don't want to wear out a pair of stream crossing waders like I use, I use what we call Wiggies waders. And um, they're not very high quality, but in an emergency pinch, they work really well. And they go up to your crotch and you, um, you tie them to your belt. And you can, you can basically, I put them in a bag and throw them back like to Brian. Then Brad, Brian goes across and throws them back to Brad. If you only do one crossing a day, that's fine. But if you're going to do a lot of crossings, everybody should take one. They only weigh probably five ounces, six ounces. And they're, only, they're really an emergency crossing. You come up to a creek, it's about a foot, foot and a half deep. Or you could run across the tops of the rocks and you might bite it. It's just way easier not to hurt yourself, especially with big loads. And to, to use extreme crossing waders, and then if you if you get into really extreme stuff, you can go with like the um, the waterproof Gore-Tex uh, gaiters. I know Sims is what I have a pair of those. Um, a lot of the bear guides in Alaska will use those, um, or you can do what we call the sourdough slippers. Which when Bob Hodson was alive, he was one of the help the guys that helped create that product, Neos waders, and they were a green or a heavy brown Cordura. And you put those over the top I, of your boots. I had those. They worked okay. They actually work really well. But they're, they're, the only downsides they're are a little heavy. heavy. But it's way better than getting wet. And yeah. they're fairly tough. And you can bushwhack in them. Jeff probably has a kind of a substitute to the plastic sock. Mm -hmm. You buy a Sims or a uh, co, uh, co, uh, what's Choat. A Choat. A Choat. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's the neoprene waiter, sock. Right? Yeah. It's got uh, the neoprene sock, hip waiter. Yeah. Pull it on. And then he, he says get a pair of non-Gore-Tex um, Keens, yeah. and then and where, yeah. but Keens don't have enough. It depends uh, on your foot. If you don't, uh, it's all in the ankle support. If you don't have good ankles, and you yeah, can't wear them. I had the subs. I, I had it all figured out though. So I bought a brand new pair of Kenetrex. Bought those. Bought the Kenetrex size too big. Got there. Threw out the sole. Heated up a nail. Put three holes in a five hundred dollar pair of boots. Four hundred eighty dollar pair of boots, and let them drain. <laughs> and uh, went hunting. And I have to tell you, it was an amazing, amazing combo. The only problem with that is if you're using them in the bottom and you get up high and then you stay up high and you get to later season when it gets cold, 
getting those on into the boots in the morning. Like I said, you sleep in them. Yeah, you got to sleep in them or, or you're kicking up the jet boil, melting snow, and pouring hot water over your neoprene socks and over your into your boots to get, them, uh, to get into them. Because otherwise, you literally have two blocks of ice and yep. you can't get in them. Exactly. So they're, they're, so and it's, that's it's why a really I, good system. I, and that's why I'm a sourdough slipper guy, because if I'm not going to go up over my crotch, they're, they're tall enough, and then I might keep my boots dry. And, and that you, way and it you're doesn't a, happen. And you have a notorious reputation and, uh, yeah, reputation for carrying heavy, heavy loads and, and not being the ultralight guy. Um, you know, when you're as petite as me, you can't, you can't carry that heavy a load. So those, those. So how many satellite phones do you take, really? Two or three? It depends. It depends on the, the whole group. Uh, you need one in reach and one satellite phone. And it's ideally. If you go yourself, how many do you take? One in reach, one satellite phone. Okay. Well, that's that's, that's not, not bad. That's, yeah, not that's backpack bad. hunting. Now, if it's in a Kyrgyzstan hunt or something where we don't have any other communication, I always take two satellite phones and a in reach. But I don't pack them every day. But when, when, every day I'm out, though, I have one satellite phone with me and one in reach everywhere I go. That makes sense. Yeah, because sometimes in reach, if you, somebody gets hurt, you can't communicate with people. So I think we've got, I think we've covered footwear. We could talk about footwear probably. We could it's probably important. do its own. It is super important. And what we should probably do, do is, one just on is we should do one just on footwear and do be specific with the. So we will do one for the for for you the listener. We'll do one just on footwear and we'll uh, we'll go with all and we'll name brands and we'll talk about what we like and what you might like and what we see fit other hunters the certain way. And then we can do the bandage wraps. We can do what a hot spot blister protection how to tape your feet how to tape your feet we'll do the whole thing and then what to wear on water crossings because there is nothing better because you're right i use those randy suns because if i get wet feet i'm because I, I have sensitive feet i got to get them dry and you're exactly right after about a day and a half of hiking in those you're right back it actually absorbs some of it so we'll do that on but let's move on to sleeping bags and or sleeping and then the hunting equipment um and then we've done uh we'll see if we can get through this okay so what do you think on sleeping bags well, the first thing is synthetic or down. That's what people always ask. Um, if it's going to be wet, moderate temperatures, I'm going to say between, say, 15, 20 degrees Fahrenheit up to about, you know, it could be 60, 70. But if it's for sure going to be wet, synthetic has its advantages um, because you can get it wet and you can still sleep in it. You can get it damp and you can dry it quicker. It is dry quicker. And when you have a sleeping bag that's not super warm, they don't have as much bulk. When you start getting super warm sleeping bags, like zero, especially zero and colder, even say plus 10 uh, Fahrenheit and colder, that's where you start getting the bulk and, and the weight difference. Uh, you can really see it between a down product and a synthetic product. Um, so for me, all the Asia, I use down for everything. I use uh, synthetic if I go to Alaska on a brown bear hunt, a Sitka blacktail hunt, anything where I, if I have to sleep in a bivy sack or underneath a tarp, when it's going to be maybe not even freezing and going to have a lot of wind and wetness, then I definitely go with a synthetic sleeping bag. The down, there's different kinds of down. You got the cheap down, which is 550 to 600. Then you got like the 650, which is better. You got the 700, you got the 800, and you got the 900. I recommend at least 700 to 900. And that means how much part of it is down and how much part of it is like feathers and, and, and the core stuff. The higher the number, the more down it is, the lighter it packs, the smaller it packs, the more the more warmth and loft you get for per the, for the weight. So a 900 fill bag that's a zero degree rating is going to be much warmer than a 600 fill bag that's a zero rating. 
As far as the ratings go, I always recommend adding at least 10 degrees to a, a sleeping bag. So if you think you're going to be sleeping in zero, get a minus 10. If you're going to think you're going to be sleeping in minus 20, get a minus 30 in general. Now, depending on the person, you need to know what you're at. You can sleep in your puffies if you want to, and that helps. But I mean, I don't like sleeping in a lot of clothes. I prefer just to sleep in my long underwear. So if I have to put all my long underwear on to sleep, that's kind of what I can consider emergency. If I have to sleep every night in my clothes, then I probably didn't plan well enough. I would rather spend a little more money and pack. <laughs> been there. We, we've all been there. I'd rather spend a little more money and or and have a little bit warmer sleeping bag so I can sleep comfortably. I don't want to have to sleep in my clothes all the time. Actually, that's not true. I've never. I'm a hot, hot sleeper. And so usually, like I, I've subscribed to your rule, but the problem for me most of the time is, is that even when it's in the teens, you're down to zero, and I have a 20 degree bag or a zero degree bag with me, it's it's nothing more than a blanket for me. I unzip uh -huh. it, I lay on my thermal rest. That's and, what I do. I use it like and, a quilt. Yeah, I use it like a quilt. Now my buddy Brad. <laughs> I shiver. He needs a 20, well, 20 degree more. Well, there's a, there's a so, couple. There's so a, I have, th that's not funny, first of all. <laughs> I, I find no humor in that. So, and plus I don't like shivering all dang night. But well, I you have to get up three times to go pee. And I do have to. Seriously, get, go get your prostate checked. You're only I, 58. I, <laughs> 58. <laughs> so that part sucks too. But you got, you got a, like a bladder like a camel has a hump. Oh my gosh. So. I don't, that, there's nothing funny about that, but you sweat. I mean, I, it looks like you wet the bed when yes. you, when you're, it's like, what the Under heck? My that is ridiculous. I've had pools of water. In and there. everybody's different. Usually, generally, women sleep colder than men. So a, a woman, for sure, I would recommend, and, the, and as she doesn't know, always add 10 degrees to whatever the, the, the and, and don't go best case scenario, go worst case scenario because you can always unzip the sleeping bag. Yeah, you're you can right. sleep on your sleeping mat. I can sleep on a sleep mat at 20 degrees with my minus 20 degree bag and I don't sweat. Now, if you zip the thing up and get like a cocoon, you're going to sweat terrible. <laughs> so you have to, you regulate it with a zipper, you regulate it how you sleep. And uh, the sleeping bag always makes sure it's big enough. I, most people, We'll get a sleep bag. I, I remember my dad, he tried to, uh, way before I was born, he said he tried a bivy sack once, uh, and a, I mean a mummy bag, and he, he hated it because he got too small of a mummy bag. Right. And in general, get a little bit bigger mummy bag, several reasons. One, if you want to sleep with clothes on, it's not quite so tight. And if you want to use it as a comforter, you don't have as much air gaps. And in general, just it's just if you have it too tight, when the, when the down is against your wide shoulders or your knees, any place that's putting pressure against the down, the down is tight against the outside layer and you lose your insulation ability. So you got all these cold spots right. everywhere. So it always makes me laugh when people get my feet get cold. Uh, you get too short a bag because it's pushing up against there and that's why and your feet never, are So cold. if you're a really short person, like say five foot, then you can get a short bag. But if you're going to be yeah. more than five, six or five, seven, get a regular bag. Mm -hmm. That way you have room for your boots in the bottom of your bag. Yep. And, that, and if you're at least... I mean, any, anybody over, like I said, five, let's just say five eight to five ten should get a long bag. Now, yeah, maybe that's designed for a six six, but you try going in a, a standard bag if you're five ten with a pair of boots down there and some gloves or some different things you want to kind of dry out. No, and don't use your down sleeping bag for drying out wet clothes. I mean, do not. A synthetic bag can do it. Bad deal. No, I mean, dry them out in the right. sun the next day. Put them on wet and wear them wet, but do not, because it will not dry. If you go to sleep soaked to the bone and down, you will screw up your down sleeping bag. It'll yeah. ruin the loft. Now, in synthetic, 
You can do it in synthetic, and you can literally sleep wet, and it'll push all the water out down as a no-go. I think the fit is really important, though. It's, yeah. I mean, because my favorite fitting sleeping bag is one of those big Agnes's, but it's got no insulation, and then, and, and then when you roll, you get there's a dead spot. Here's the deal. Big Agnes, not a... Not a, a decently thought out product if you like to sleep on your back. Yeah. yeah. If you like to sleep on your side or your belly or roll around, no. I know. I'm a side sleeper. I tried it. No big, big Agnes. Agnes. My Zero. ass was cold the whole you, time. You have no. to have the sleeping pad separate from your sleeping bag, and well, there's several reasons for that. I have a plan with that because I like the fit of it so well. I brought... I bought a layer of uh, this synthetic insulation, and I'm going to patch that sucker up and try it one more time. I got a strategy All right. with it, man. Well, well, well you know I, what? You should be bad. I will tell you this. I would tell you, if you're listening in today, specifically, I can add 10 degrees to your bag, maybe not 10, but 5, by getting yourself a super nice synthetic nightcap. Okay. Well, that's a that's a given. That's yeah, I know it's a given, but a lot of a lot of people don't know it. I've been in camps where I get out in the morning and I, I have a nightcap and I see guys go, Man, I got cold. Did you get you mean cold a, last You mean thing? a stocking cap? Yeah, I call yeah. it a nightcap. Beanie, you know, whatever. Yeah, beanie. I have just I have a beanie, a green uh, it's a, a mountain hardware beanie. And it's the only Martin hardware thing I have, but it fits my head really well. And and I, I literally you need it. You need it, and because here's the thing that allows me to 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 stay warm. It's, and if you get if yeah. you're getting too hot, take your your, your nightcap, your beanie off. Exactly, and it'll be a lot better. Yep, exactly. And always sleep with your socks on. Way warmer with socks on. Another trick: take an Nalgene water bottle like I have here. I don't like socks in my sleeping fill, bag. Fill it, fill it, um, all the way to the top with hot hot water. You don't have to have boiling, but damn close to boiling. Put that in. You'll have a hot feet for one or two hours. You could even put coffee in it. Yeah, but then, then you, you have, could have you cold could coffee sip on in the morning. Coffee all night. Yeah, you got to go down there and get them out. But the socks is a, the socks is a, whatever you whatever you choose. But I can tell you, sleeping with socks is way warmer than sleeping without socks. And anybody that tells you the sleeping in a sleeping bag naked is warmer than with clothes, that's only proves if you have somebody else in there with you. If you are solo, sleeping naked is not warmer than sleeping with long underwear, socks, and a headpiece. 100%. It, uh, it gets your sleeping bag greasy. So if you got a lot of body grease and odor and you don't have your underwear and socks and that stuff on, your bag's going to get a lot stinkier. So reasoning the stuff is really important. I have a secret. I have a s- s- an extra set of silks just for my sleeping bag. Yeah. I weigh nothing. Yeah, anything like that. You can have your little like silks or you wear. I mean, I wouldn't recommend pajamas or anything, but something that you can wear on the hunt. I don't take anything that I can't wear for other things. The, the so. problem with sleeping nude too, because I, I, I'm a, I, I would prefer sleeping with not clothes on. I like being down in nothing, you know, in pair of underwear, right? Um, and and synthetic boxers, and and so um, the problem with it though is if it's warm at all and you sleep warm, you get tacky, and you get you sweaty, and then your bag gets sweaty, and that down gets a little sticky on mm-hmm. the inside. And so I, I would even like myself, it's a warm sleeper, um, you know, socks, uh, long sleeve, thin, thin T-shirt, and uh, a pair of underwear, it's, it, it, you sleep better. You Just don't take well, Sudafed before you go to bed, though, if right? I'm That'll not, help. If I'm not dirty, 
if I'm not dirty or muddy and not wet, I will a lot of times just take my boots off and sleep in all my clothes, take off the one shirt, and I just lay on my sleeping mat and throw my sleeping bag over me. It's fast. You can get up in the middle of the night yeah, and get I'm ready to go hunting. Sli- I'm a big sleep in my, uh, just throw it over me too. I did take Sudafed right before I went to bed one night, and I was like, had some serious problems. But I was with a, a, a dentist, and he said, yeah, take this. It's good for your, because uh, I was having some sinus problems. So he actually prescribed it and missed In the morning. It. Yeah, well, you didn't say in the morning. Oh, it didn't say in the morning. You said take this; it'll help you with your congestion. So I I'm going to go to get save it for 12 hours. Yeah. Dude, anyway, I had a miserable night. Everybody's like, "Dude, did everybody get cold?" I'm like, "Get cold." I was not under the covers. I sweat all night long. I hardly even slept the link. And I said, I felt like my whole. Did anybody feel like they were itching everywhere? And Brad's like, "Did yeah. you take Sudafed before you went to bed?" And I'm like, "Whatever." <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Not really. But more important in the sleeping bag, in my opinion, to, at least to a certain extent, is your sleeping pad. Yes. You have to have a sleeping pad. You can have a minus 30 sleeping bag and not have a sleeping pad, and you'll be cold at 10 degrees because you're sleeping on snow or whatever. And you can have a, a zero-degree sleeping bag when it's minus 10 and have a great sleeping pad and put your extra clothes on, you're good, because you have to insulate yourself against the ground because the, the, the heat that you get from the ground versus the air and vice versa as a way, way stronger. Um, well, a good sleeping pad with down in it, like an X-bed with down, adds 10 degrees to your bag, at in my least. opinion. Yeah, so there's so X-bed, down mat 7, down mat 9, if you want really cold weather, sleeping are good. Um, sea to Summit makes a really good sleeping pad. I like my Sea to Summit. Actually, my Sea you know, to Summit, the reason I like it is the shoulders go it's, out it's better. It's tapered. It's tapered. And I have, you know, I'm not a tiny guy like Brad. I'm not. I'm normal size. You know what the best part it, of it is? What? It has. It has two air baffles. Yes. So really if one good. of them goes flat, you still have a backup. I've had several thermorests and other bags over the years. Got little holes in them, and you can't find the hole. You don't have a bathtub to put it in and put your soap in there, which is the easiest way to find a hole. Fill up your bathtub or a lake and just submerge it. But without that, it's really hard to find it. And these little pinholes, and so you're blowing up your pad every hour, hour and a half, and freezing your ass off. So if you have an older pad, I recommend don't taking it, or take like I use a Z rest or a, um, a ridge rest, and you can put that out, and that makes a really good sleep. If you, what's nice about those is we can sit on them where we're glassing. If we got two or three guys glassing sheep all day, I can take out my Z rest and throw it on the ground. We can sit on it; won't get holes in it. It's made by Thermrest. It's an accordion shape, and I take that on a lot of trips, and then I'll take a lighter weight sleeping pad. That you can take either one heavier, stronger sleeping pad, or the synthetic, um, the, the synthetic, um, what do you call it, foam pad, and a lighter weight one. They weigh the same, just more bulk. You got to pack because you can't roll up a Z rest. It's going to be six inches by six inches by twenty inches wide. Um, that's just life. But it's a, I take it on every hunt I do international because usually one of the poor guides doesn't have one, and I leave it with him at the end of the trip. But it's also good. You can cut it, make butt seats out of it. So when you're sitting in the snow. After you know, there's a lot of things you can do with them, but sleeping is key. And if you don't sleep well at night, you're going to get sick. You're going to have a lot more um, difficulties functioning the next day. And then, what else is important for sleeping is a tent. Pretty simple. I mean, if you want, if you don't, if you're not on a budget, buy a Hilleberg. Um, if you're on a budget, there's other companies that make good ones. I mean, some of the outdoor companies, like you know, we got Stone Glacier and uh, Kafaro make tents. And Here, here's these, my only these, problem with the Kafaro, and I know everybody loves them. For a guy that's six five, a, a two man tent's not big enough for me. Not not Kafaro. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, they, uh, the, they make the big ones. Oh, yeah, my, my feet my feet are sticking at one end and the other, those and then you're wet. Hobbit, you know what I'm saying? It's it, they're they're tough for a tall guy. But uh, the, the best tents, 
I mean, if you're alpine, you need a you need a two wall tent, a single wall tent like the Kafaros, these other ones. If you don't have a wood stove going them, you get condensation, you get dripping. You need an inner tent with ventilation on one or at least one side, preferably both sides, that will uh, dry everything out. You want it big enough where you're not crammed up against your your, your sleep when you're sleeping at night. Um, you got to have good guy lines. You got to have good stakes. And I think we'll do one just we'll, we'll do another one just on tents. I got lots of tricks on tents. But in general, don't get one that's too small. Um, what about pillows, real quick? Because because I know we're, we're, we're the, running the lightest to... pillow. I use a Thermrest pillow slip, which is a fleece. It's a it's just a little thin fleece fabric, and I stuff my puffy in. I stuff one puffy and one fleece shirt. It's too it's too small to put in two puffies, and unless you have a down one. And then it might work, um, but I use that. Some people use inflatable pillows. I don't mind the puffy. I have an inflatable pillow. What's the name of it? Well, I don't know. I, I like the Nemo Philo. Ne- and then, Nemo. And then, Nemo Philo. Because yeah. I gave you yeah, one Yeah, that's why I asked you which one it was. Yeah, it's, it's, is it inflatable? Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's got a... It's got like a little, uh, like a terry a cloth, foam yeah. terry cloth thing on the t- one side, and then you can. It's got a bladder where you can put a little yeah. air in it, and then I I use my schnozzle for my uh, down mat too. No, and then I yeah. put. To me, I, I need a regular pillow that I can settle into to get a good night's sleep. You know what I'm saying? Well, I like yeah. it too, though. And, and the like puffy it. doesn't work. And right. you need you take a body pillow. A thermorest th- th- actually super makes one. Super feminine camper. Right? I do. I like to have for my. I like to put my arm on a pillow. Yeah. But thermorest makes a good, really compressible pillow that has foam in it. It does. But if you actually take the pillow up. slip and put a puffy inside of it, and then it folds back on itself so it doesn't, because the puffy... So it spreads it out, disseminates Yeah, you can't it. put a puffy in her head because no. it blows out and you don't have a puffy anymore. And it, right, and then, or it's in one big ball and your head you feels like a, it's you can teeter-totter use a, on the you can also thing. You can also use a stuff sack and, and put something in it, and then you can take your long underwear and tie it like the legs, the arms, and tie it together. And then yeah, you, you can it. get a good look at a T-bone but if you shove your head The easiest way, I've used them all. I've used them all. I've used every pillow you can imagine, other than big ones, um, from the hotel and at home. I would use um, the pillow. The, the Thermarest pillow slip is the best. It's the lightest. I can put different layers in there. I can put. It depends on. And it Nemo actually feels a, a good pillow. one too. The, that, really that's like a really it. good pillow. And I'm a pillow snob. This is my rule of thumb: traveling 200 days a year in hotels. Sometimes, bad bed, good pillow, good night's sleep. Uh-huh. Good bed, bad pillow. Bad night's sleep. I don't know if they make pillow? those Nemo's anymore, though. Is that not right? Pillow. 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 I'm telling you, I have got up in the middle of the night and and taken a pillow out of the case at a hotel and cut the son of a sucker in half, okay, and laid it back down because there's no way. I'm not paying for a bad pillow night's sleep. And so, um, yeah, I, I that's really good advice. Well, yeah, so, they, they still make that Nemo because ours are, what, 12, 15 years old? Yeah, they're, they're, they're old. But, you know, here's the thing. When you find something that works, you spend money on it and you use it forever. And that's the thing about this gear, and we'll talk about that in one of the next episodes. But this is going to be a three- or four-part series, I can tell already, because the ultimate guide to great gear is not going to be um, as easy as I thought it was going to be to get through. And so in wrapping up, what would you say? Let's just stay with sleeping because you've gotten so many good points on this. What would you say? uh, I just uh, Brad and I are interested. You, we're going to head out to British Columbia right now. We're going to be on for 12 days. And uh, what would you take for your sleeping? You, Brian Martin. Uh, what time of the year? August. Um, September. Mm, if it's a, August, a, September. If yeah. it's a sheep hunt where you're going to be backpacking, hands down, a down bag. Because we're not sleeping in... If, if you're going to sleep in a proper tent, like a Hilleberg tent, it's not going to fail on you. If, you. if you don't know what you're going to sleep in, if you're going to sleep in a sheep 
Ski Wall tent or some like um, Kafaru tent with, without a, uh, which was great, yeah, without, without a floor, and you're going to be cooking around it and everything, then go with the synthetic. But if you're going to be in a Hilleberg or similar type tent, double wall, which will not leak on you typically unless you really have a massive failure, I go with the down. If I'm going to be hunting coastal black bear... No, no, no. Let's stay with British Columbia. Now well, we're coastal, going to do goats okay. and moose. Same, I mean, typically I September. take... I take... I usually take down now, but there's still times I take synthetic. When I go to Alaska, if it's going to be a moderate temperature low, say if I'm going to early season sheep hunt for stone sheep and a synthetic bag, I only need a 20 degree or 30 degree bag. It's not that much heavier than a down bag. You're talking like maybe a pound. Now, if you go to a minus 20, you're talking like three, four pounds difference between the bags. So the, as the insulation goes up, because the outside of the bag is about the same. You don't need a lot of insulation to be warm at 30. But don't go on an August sheep hunt and expect it to be 40 or 50. It might be 40 at night. It might be. I've seen it where it was 15 at night with six inches of snow. Right. And you have your 40-degree, $150 bag you bought at the, at the REI once just because you don't know that normally need a bag. No, take. I would always recommend at least a 20-degree bag. Uh, for a high altitude hunt. Now, if you're hunting black spring black bears and you're at a lower elevation, you're not up and you, you're going to have a warmer tent, then uh, honestly, it's, I like a synthetic bag more than a down bag. It takes less time to loft them up. Uh, down bags take longer to get loft. And if you don't have a good quality one, the baffles will get messed up and you get all the down on one side here or there. And the other thing with storing your down bag or your synthetic bag, always store them in the big bag they come in. Don't leave them stored in the stuff sack. The stuff sack is, 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 is not good. Don't leave them in there for like days and days on end. And about the stuff sack, make sure you get a waterproof stuff sack if you're using a down sleeping bag. Any sleeping bag, but especially the down one, I use the Sea to Summit. They're usually kind of a, um, a creamy white colored with yellow and black letters with event material. Those are awesome. You can, I mean, in fact, if you fall in, the, uh, in a lake or creek with your pack on, or your pack comes off, just that sleeping bag and your thermorest or whatever bag you have, your, your pack will not sink, even if it gets waterlogged. Just those two things alone because they, they, they'll help float. And, um, yeah, your pack won't sink. So those are really nice. But definitely a waterproof uh, stuff sack is super key. Just keep that bag dry. And then at night when you're sleeping, so I always have an extra clothing bag, and I like a tent that's at least, say, seven foot long. Um, I put it at the foot. That's where I put my extra food and I put my extra clothes and waterproof bag. And that one, my sleeping bag never touches a tent and I don't get wet feet. I don't get a wet sleeping bag. That is amazing. That is, uh, that's a lot of information. I totally appreciate it. Brad, what'd you think? Love it. It's, uh, I'm ready to go. It's really, you let's, know, here's let's get the, out of coronavirus and get up the mountain. So many people get so intimidated and I, I really think fear is because of the unknown and what we want to achieve here is to help you guys not fear the unknown and give you these specifics. Again, if you ever need any questions, answer, you want to pick up the phone, talk to one of these guys, 605-644-8000. We're here, we're available, we're a hunting resource. If you want to go hunt the world, we want to be your resource. And uh, we are old-fashioned. We'd like to talk to you. No problem. But before we go tonight, I want to invite you to, on our Tuesday and Fridays Hunt the World webcast, where you go through, through slideshows with people that hunt all over the world. Maybe last week it was uh, duck hunting in Saskatchewan, duck and goose. And we found out that the ribeye of the sky is one of the best birds, which is a sandhill crane. If you've never heard that before, that's a reason why you want to jump on because they're really, really good to eat. And uh, as a kid growing up as a wing shooter, I knew that, but there's so many people that don't and didn't. And there's all these little nuances and caveats uh, that 
that we can help you with. And we have the resources by this conglomeration of professionals that we've put together. But Tuesday and Friday nights, Hunt the World webcast, uh, plug in 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Each webcast, we talk about something different. We talked about that, but it'll go through a slideshow, help you out with what you're doing and uh, where you want to go and maybe give you some information. Go check us out at rollingbones.com. Appreciate you listening today. Brian Martin, thank you. Brad Dana, as always, thank you. And we'll see you next time.